In post-production, one of the hardest things a director has to do is decide which scenes to cut out of their movie. This job was especially difficult for Quentin Tarantino, who was left with a four-hour movie after all the filming was done. Instead of cutting unimportant scenes and honing his story into a manageable runtime, he cut out only one thing. The second half of the movie. It ended up working out pretty well. Not only did he get to keep every precious second in the movie, but he made twice as much money by releasing one movie for the price of two. He also created the lovely internet discussion that these movies are actually one movie, and you can't talk about them as separate movies, even though we try to because it was released theatrically as one movie. Did Tarantino avoid the curse of the half movie? Did it annoy Mark, and possibly me, and possibly Chad, that there was absolutely no resolution in this movie? Let's find out today on Best Pictures. Oh, it's Kill Bill Volume 1, by the way. We <coughs> probably should have mentioned it by name. Let's find out on today's Best Pictures with Kill Bill Volume 1. Wiggle your big toe! This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year. We've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I am joined as always by... Silly Rabbit, tricks are for kids. My name is Chad. A silly Caucasian girl likes to play with samurai swords. This is I'm Mark Watlington. That's my summary of the movie as well as a quote. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty good yeah. summary. That should be like on the IMDb like Netflix synopsis description. Uh, yeah. I silly Caucasian I, I, girl likes to play with samurai swords. I think all three of our quotes do really well at distilling what Tarantino was interested in in this movie. <laughs> Definitely <which is> toes. <laughs> Definitely toes. Toes, pop culture references sprinkled all over the place, and then a silly, silly Caucasian, white, Caucasian white lady with a samurai sword. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really, you know, I was excited. What's special about this movie? It's lightning I in a was bottle. On it. I was honestly <laughs> excited that he found a way to make feet plot relevant in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of just being do. like, I'd like to look at her feet while she's watching a movie. <laughs> Can right, we do right. that? Um, um, uh, uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about yeah. the feet stuff later. Hey. It is plot relevant, but I fucking hate feet. I realize every time I watch a Tarantino <laughs> movie. I, I don't. I, like, I, I fine. Yeah, I'm not one of those person who, like, if I see feet or somebody's feet are near me, I freak the fuck out. But I don't want them on my cinema screen. Like, Mm-mm. no thank you. I don't There's want... a reason we shoot, like, the cowboy shot up, you mm. know? <laughs> like, we don't need legs in movies. That's male... my hot take. The whole point of the male gaze is that I'm not looking at feet, right? <laughs> right. It's not that I'm looking at booties and boobies. Yeah, I wish. Um, I, what we need is a Tarantino who likes butts. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> May I don't know. What's the alternative? Um, uh, men aren't it, allowed to the, make film. The whole, <laughs> the whole like Tarantino feet thing. I I don't know. It, it, it doesn't bother me at all ever Chet. in a movie. It's just something I like chuckle to myself at. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah. It's one of those things that, that every guy. time people people are talking about it, I'm like, okay, it's hacky. That's just a bit. It's not that bad. And then I watch one of his movies, and I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> I yeah, it is. It's like like I mean, in, it's present, in this one, but it's like if that's what this guy wants to put in front of his camera, and 
I think Once Upon a Time in a Hollywood is actually the worst case of it. This, like Mark said, is plot relevant. Jackie Brown is the worst case. I haven't seen Jackson Brown. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. I don't know why I said Jackson Brown. Rewind. <laughs> I'm thinking about Jackson Maine. Probably Jackson Maine. I'm always <laughs> thinking about Jackson Maine these days. Uh, you're either thinking about Jackson Maine, Bradley Cooper, or you're thinking about Bradley Jackson, Reese Witherspoon from the morning show. That's, that's or exactly you're thinking about Lights Camera Jackson. Or Lights I'm thinking Camera. About Lights I am Jackson. thinking. Yeah, I am thinking about Lights Camera. There Jackson. are there are like literally the most gratuitous foot shots I've ever seen in so, uh, Jackie Brown. So it's I awful. think what if the weirdest uh, and most insane foot thing Tarantino's ever done is actually in um, From Dust Till Dawn. When oh, I haven't seen that one. Okay, so there's a scene. Uh, that one's good. There's a scene where Tarantino's an actor in this movie. Like he's one of the two leads. Yeah, this is a Rodriguez movie. Yeah, but he but Tarantino wrote it. wrote it. So he wrote the character that he's playing, and this character sits down, and this lady sticks her foot in his mouth and rubs like and spills booze down her leg into his mouth um so that that i think is the most insane tarantino foot thing that's ever happened in cinema. uh right you know let's talk about what's at the cineplex yeah. <laughs> let's jump off of this and chad you mentioned or mark somebody mm-hmm. mentioned lights camera jackson mm-hmm. yeah um, our greatest film critic and um, a creator of a, an accidental creator of a new challenge on uh, Twitter. Wait, was it so the Doctor I'm Strange going to one? try and yes. So I'm going to try to introduce my Cineplex movie in a similar style okay, okay. as he does, and uh, you guys can try to as well. So uh, if you haven't seen the um, first cut, is the uh, uh, Jesus, <laughs> really killing my. Sorry, I, I tried to interject before you started singing. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'll cut all this out. But if you haven't seen the <laughs> Doctor Doctor uh, Lights Camera Jackson thing, you should look that up before you continue listening to the podcast. So <laughs> he says, Doctor Doctor, tell me the news. I got a bad, bad case, case of, of <laughs> Doctor Strange, <laughs> the 2016 Marvel entry. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. Here's mine. The first cut is the deepest. When you have knives out, the latest wow, Ryan Johnson that's... picture. Oof. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I saw knives out. Did you boys see knives out? I saw knives out. I've, I've saw Were lots you... of knives all over the place. Out in, out in. Oh, no, in, here's the thing inside. about the knives: never in, always, always out. out, always out, always out. Um, what did you guys think? I think it's fucking good. It's currently my number two movie of the year. Wow. Um, yeah, I love it. This is my shit. I love it. Yeah, no, it's really, really good. It's one of the, it's like that classic Ryan Johnson thing of like not giving you the movie you expected. And, um, I think I need to watch it again. Um, I, I really liked it. It, certain thing, like 30 minutes in was when I realized like, oh, this is not the movie... (laughs) I thought it was because right. Uh, See, I'm shocked, Jack, because I truly expected you to love it. I do, a hundred percent. love it. Like it be your best movie of the year. It's not. It reminds. This is a this is a year where like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Beach Bum, um, The Death of mm. Dick Long have been extremely my shit, uh, mm-hmm. and this is like very very much like 
a fun time at the movies and very very good it's it's very good I, uh, saying calling it a fun time at the movie is kind of disrespectful for how good it is no it's no very no good. i don't think it is because it is yeah that that is the master stroke of the movie but like, I, like I, I say the same thing about like movies like a fun time at the movies is kind of my go-to for it's fine and i it's fine it's, it's right. better than fine it's very good knives out is a is so much fucking fun in the movie because it is subverting your expectation the crowd is going like along with the you know craziness it's so well acted all the actors are having fun yeah daniel daniel craig is a masterful people are like man that accent's crazy huh and i'm like yeah it is yeah good (laughs) have you not fucking but also as someone who realizes it's not a perfect movie but still loves the Kenneth Branagh murder on the Orient Express mm-hmm. and Kenneth Branagh in that movie is talking like a madman like I'm fine with it like also, there's yeah. a like, level of camp to these movies that I think like do it I think the only way to get Daniel Craig to be in a non-James Bond movie nowadays is be like pick an accent and just do it <laughs> right because like Logan right. Lucky he's he's doing like this exact accent yeah. but like a little bit trashier um, yes and mm-hmm. it's fantastic i love him and <laughs> so I, I was I, I was talking to olivia my wife after my wife my did wife. you did you kill your uh, wife i did not kill guys my wife. i don't care, care. finish your story <laughs> right um so so after we left the movie she was like his accent it was kind of not great and i was like no 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 it's the point she's like okay and i was like he did the same accent in logan lucky which Mm -hmm. makes it seem like he's a bad actor and he can only (laughs) do one thing but they are completely different performances in the yeah set but like in logan lucky he's like loud and boisterous and in this one it's that accent but very like refined and kind of like southern gentleman in in this one he's like so good he's like an 80s kentucky senator yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. in Logan Lucky, he's like um, the white trash guy that lives in like a trailer uh, mm-hmm. with like bleached blonde hair, right? Um, and is literally in jail. I also I- love the idea, like in these movies, um, like Agatha Christie movies and or novels, then then the movie adaptations and and Knives Out. It's like the idea that there's a character who's just like a famous private detective. Like, yes, with, like, love it. Like na- name one private detective <laughs> in real life. <laughs> name well, well exactly and, one. <laughs> right, and he is—he's the last of the gentleman detectives. Right, they read a tweet right. about a New Yorker article <laughs> yeah, about him. Yeah, I—I um, I love that idea. Just being present in this movie, that he's like <laughs> an Agatha Christie character. But I, it's I also I, love I, I read I read a tweet of a New Yorker New Yorker article is like yeah that's how I get my news as well yeah. I don't read articles but I read tweets about articles that character was hysterical I loved her I think Tony Collette is so good in this movie and is kind of playing something that I have never seen her do before yeah. and thinks she's so good at I think mm-hmm. I think everyone in this movie is so good I think yeah. The kid from it doesn't necessarily have a ton to do, but he gets referred to a lot. And it, <laughs> God, his character's incredible. They just like really play with a lot of things. Yeah. And then at the center, you have kind of this outside character um, who is played by Anna de Armas, who is like already her star was rising, but like she's a fucking star in the making like yeah she's yeah. in this she's in bond she's playing marilyn monroe soon like she's playing marilyn she's... monroe mm-hmm. interesting uh 
I don't know if it's next year or the year after, but um, she's so good. Everyone in this movie is so good. Um, what's interesting about this movie as well is because like a normal Agatha Christie movie, you don't find out what happens until the end. And right. in this one, it's like about, you know, maybe 45 minutes in, you are basically told what happens from the perspective of the person that knows the most. Right. And then, you know, there are still a lot of lingering questions. Mm-hmm. But it, and then it, it becomes the, like the mystery the of those lingering of questions. It's, yeah. it's really cool. Like, I, it, it was not the movie I expected. And, like, I think, like, at first when that happened, I, like, my brain kind of rejected it. <laughs> but, right. but then by the end of the movie, I realized, oh, my brain was wrong in that moment. And I need to rewatch this movie at least a couple more times. And it's probably, yeah. I like the movie a lot. Right. Halfway through, there was like this weird hiccup where I was like, what is he doing? What's happening? But oh, I got to I got to trust the Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Um, Johnson, Chris Evans also in this movie. Really we good. didn't shout him out specifically. He is wildly good. Yeah. Like is on my short list for best supporting. He's on my right short now. list for best sweater as well. Oh, oof, sweaters. Yes. I got to get I got to get some fisherman sweaters, man. What mm. a well-designed movie, just from top to bottom, oh, yeah. like production design, costume design, like and then it, it really incredible. It helps when you're shooting the whole thing in like a gorgeous mansion too, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've shown like behind the scenes photos, and it's like, um, they all kind of just were hanging out in that house <laughs> while shooting. Awesome, that sounds um, amazing. So, all right, so there has kind of been talks. This movie did incredibly well, which is also exciting. I thought it maybe would have slipped under the radar, but like it made back its budget in the first weekend and is doing very, very, very well. While doing interviews, Ryan Johnson said, there is a chance if this movie does well, we would get more Binyah movies. Do you guys want to see them? Kind of. I do. I do. I 100% want to. He's not like the star (laughs) of this movie, but... Right, but I would sure I'd like to see him show up in another Who Done It. But 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 have have Daniel Craig just go to another case with this many famous people? Yeah, just like all having fun in a mystery. Like, yeah, no, that, yeah. that sounds great. I would love an I like would a, love another Knives Out cinematic universe movie. Yes, I I really want it a lot. What worries me is I I don't want Ryan Johnson to be trapped in. Yes. I want him to be making Star Wars, and I want him to be making Benoit movies, but I don't want him to be trapped where those are the only things he's doing. So I hope he's right. allowed and to I, get like... I don't think he would let himself get stuck making a Benoit movie he doesn't want to make. True. So, he would want to make yeah. it, yeah. I also would I, I would want to see him write another one. Mm-hmm. Um so that, and maybe not be the director. I mean, I would like, look I would watch one another another one of these movies that he directed. I just want to see you know he has such a big range yeah like the he has made so many movies that are so different like brick is kind of similar to this in that like in it's way, kind of a mystery it's but it's not as it's delightful. very different it's not it has brick like it, no joy it, in it brick is more of a noir yeah. and this is more of an agatha christie mystery but also They're, like looper is very different it's like a sci-fi yeah. movie brothers right. bloom is like a Oh, Brothers Bloom is so. You good. haven't seen Looper, no, Chad. No, I haven't. Fuck, Looper's very. I know. Good. I've got, heard. It's got Joseph <laughs> Gordon Lovett in it. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. And um, it's got Bruce. 
It's got it's, it's got Bruce. It's got the Bruce. Hey, look, okay, just because I like Die Hard doesn't mean I like Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis has a weird career. Um, yeah, but when he's good, he's great. And Jenna, he is pretty I good haven't asked you how that cassette you bought of his album is. Uh, it uh, it slaps. <laughs> it's yeah. It's not. It's it's pretty bad, uh, but it's catchy. <laughs> it's catchy, right. and he was trying really, really hard. He's uh, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, Bruce Willis. For those who don't know, has like an R and B uh, album or two. Um, and I, yeah. I bought a cassette tape uh, during Cody's bachelor party. Um, yeah. When we went into a uh, like record store slash like comic booky kind of. It's like a like a used right. media store kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was two dollars, um, and it was worth the two dollars. Return yeah. of the Bruce, or whatever. That's, that's return of the Return of Bruno. So Bruno. that title is interesting for two reasons. One, he's never gone by Bruno before that uh-uh. cassette came out, uh-uh. and two, that is his premiere. Uh, that is his debut album. So he's not, it's called still not as, It's still not as interesting as Chris Gaines' first album being called. Uh, Chris Gaines' greatest hits. Uh, That's also <laughs> insane. <laughs> it's something like that, but it's like a greatest hit. For listeners who don't know, like. Chris Gaines is uh, Garth Brooks doing Garth Brooks doing an emo <laughs> punk rock something. Whatever, whatever he's yeah. doing. He's doing emo face, I guess you would say. Emo um, face. <laughs> yeah. It, emo, um, emo hair swoop. I don't know. He didn't really change yeah, the face. He, he changed the hair. No. Up, though. Um... Yeah, so Ryan Johnson, make more of these, but like maybe do a Star Wars one of these and then an original. He I don't know. Do I don't want him Knives off of Star Wars in either. In the Star Wars universe. A murder oh, mystery. Yeah, that, that'd be fun. Who killed Greedo? Mm, well, we know. But, <laughs> but who uh, shot first? In but the, who shot first? Uh, well, can we Han be that. exonerated because he was <laughs> defending clunky. himself? Or uh, clunky. Um, I'm real worried, Ryan. I don't. I think there was a slight chance Ryan Johnson may have been like, eh, I'm not going to do Star Wars anymore. But I think with the success of this movie, they're going to do everything to hold on to him, right. even when Favreau takes over in 2020. Yeah. Um, that's not confirmed allegedly, but I, I don't know. I think that's what's going to happen. Him. It kind of seems like the writing's on the wall for that. The Kathleen Kennedy's still going to be in charge of Lucasfilm. He will be in charge of Star Wars. Um, which I think is going to be the distinction. So because is Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones just going to take off after that? Well, Indiana Jones will be coming, and then I they could develop more things at Lucasfilm that are kind of in the vein of an Indiana sure. Jones and Star Wars, I think. Anyway, uh, um, one last thing about Knives Out. We've been there talking is about a it for mono- a minute now. <laughs> I know, because it's so good, and we need to move on to the other thing. I'm sorry, yeah. but there is one monologue in it that, high school Cody auditioning for plays would absolutely use as the monologue because it's very funny. Yeah. Um, the donut monologue. Yeah, of course. I, 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 would. I knew what you it's, were talking about as soon as you said monologue. It's it's great. It's maybe the hardest... It's one of the hardest times I've laughed. Wow. It's one of the hardest I've laughed in theaters this year. It made me laugh so hard. So It's when, so funny. When I was saw the movie, I saw it with my mom uh, in Alabama and... Um, it was a pretty empty theater. It was like a Sunday afternoon. And, uh, you know, there was probably like seven other people in there. And when he was doing the donut monologue, someone in the audience just like yelled. It was the first time anyone really said anything in the movie. And he just like yelled, spit it out. <laughs> like, just get to it. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> instead of that's just delighting missing in the it. fucking point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like that's missing the point of what's happening there. Yeah, because he, I, he the point of that scene is he knows exactly what he's saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he's not struggling to say it. No. He knows exactly what he's saying. Yeah, but the metaphor is so fucking convoluted. And the word whole oh, it's so means good. too many yes. things. It's it's right. It's really <laughs> Oh, uh, it's incredible. All right, so who's going to attempt the lights mine. camera? Ja- oh, okay. I, got, I got, this is my lights camera, Jackson. Uh, Are you going to cheat, Mark? No, I'm not. I'm not. Are right, you ready okay. for this? Yeah. Won't you be my, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> That's kind of cheating, but all right. Tell us about this movie. <laughs> um... It's it's the it, people are referring to it as like the um, Mr. Rogers movie um, mm-hmm. or like a Mr. Rogers biopic, which it, I mean, it's definitely not a biopic. It's definitely not a biopic. Um, and it's not I mean, he's not even the main character in it, which kind of surprised me. It's mm-hmm. the story of a guy who is like a journalist who is like kind of just write hit, writes hits, hit pieces and exposés and like. But he's assigned to write something about Mr. Rogers, and that journey um, kind of changes who he is as a person, his his output, his outlook on life. Hmm. Um, I have you, have you seen it, Chad? I've not. No, but it's, I mean, it's very good. Mr. Rogers is a good man, and uh, I don't think we can really spoil the movie for me because I know this. No, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it, it's it's about like this guy who's very cynical and jaded, um, just like. Taught, like being affected just by like getting to know Mr. Rogers and yeah, like, that being fully like loved by a complete stranger. Extremely my shit. That sounds so delightful oh, it and is, good. Like as someone who is also cynical and jaded, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. like I was like, oh, like that's what I really wanted oh. to dive into, Mark, because I really like this movie quite a bit, but you liked it. A ton. It's your number two movie of the year, according to your letterbox list as of now. Yeah. Um. So I I want to I want to dive into why did you love it so much? Well, I think I really related to the main character who is just mm-hmm. like very like just burned out by a lot of things that have happened to him in his life, and just like his his way of dealing with things is like not really dealing with them and letting them fester. Right. Um. And it. It's not a movie that's like, here's a better way to deal with these things. And, like, you know, Mr. Rogers is going to be like, all right, well, you should, like, you know, here, here's what you should do. As much as it is, like, you know, just having someone who, like, cares about you can change your output, your outlook and be like, okay, well, you know, maybe if I try to not necessarily try to emulate it, but, like, if I can be loved by him and if he can forgive other people, then, you know, what what can I do? Right. I, I think part of why the movie works for me is it it is a lot weirder than I expected. It's it's got some frame story elements and some things they do in it that took me by surprise and I really found interesting. The the way they transition scenes I think is really cool. I like that just, a lot. Yeah. And just the introduction of the whole story really took me by surprise. Um but I think the other reason is, like, this could have been, like, a real kind of, like, inspirational drama movie that is kind of cheeseball. And it is an inspirational drama to some degree. But I, I think it has a pretty even level-headedness about it mm-hmm. where it, it doesn't 
you're dealing with Mr. Rogers. There's going to be some inherent sweetness and stuff like that in it, but I don't think it's overly saccharine. I think it's relatively realistic. I think there it is pretty clear about moments where it's like Mr. Rogers is like nice, but like he's also a little weird and yeah. like uh, handles mm-hmm. things interestingly. And I mean, there there's one scene. Sorry, Chet. This isn't a huge like spoiler per yeah, se, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, there's just kind of a moment where it's very early on when the journalist is kind of being like, you're a saint. How hard was it for, like, it must be hard having you as a dad. And you can kind of see Mm. Mr. Rogers get angry, but kind of he handles it and kind of, like, swallows it um, and kind of admits, like, yeah, it was hard for my kids. Yeah. Hmm. it was um tom hanks is very good in this mm-hmm. um i it kind of feels like the role w- he was born to play well when you watch the movie you can just let it wash over you but if if you were going in very like nitpicky he's not really mr rogers well like, nobody the is. are way different nobody yeah. can be uh, right. other than i mean that's why he was like so special is because he was like really a one-of-a-kind dude Right. Um, but but it gets it gets me excited about movies looking at our childhood heroes played by Tom Hanks and kind of <laughs> analyzing them. In we need ways. more movies about our childhood heroes played by Tom Hanks. What, I mean, what, what, what's we, kind have, of dis- we have the Mary Poppins. Um, yes. Oh, what is that called? Where, where he's where he's uh, uh, Walt Disney. Disney. We've got the post. I, yeah, yeah. Ben <laughs> Bradley ben is my Bradley. childhood hero. You're right. <laughs> um, the the thing is, I it's never gonna happen because as much as I love the Disney corporate, I don't love the corporation. As love as uh, as much as I love Disney things, um, they are so protective of their image that a true Walt biopic is never gonna happen. Even though I think one would be really fascinating, but one that I think could happen in a similar vein is one about Jim Henson. I would like love a Jim Henson movie so much because he has a similar kind heartedness vibe as Mr. Rogers, but also is like as exacting as both Walt and Fred Rogers could be and very particular about how to do things. And I don't know. I I want a Jim Henson movie is where I came out of (laughs) Mr. Rogers. Um, That'd be fun, but yeah, but I, like I, this. I think what's what's great about this movie is that it isn't a Mister Rogers movie. It's not a movie about Mister Rogers. Yeah, it's true. it's mm-hmm. it's a movie about the effect that Mister Rogers has on people. Did um, you? Which I think did is either of you smart. see that movie, Blinded by the Light? I'm curious. Yeah, you did. Was it good? Yeah, because mm-hmm. it, it's a movie it that's well not enough. about Bruce Springsteen. It's less about Bruce Springsteen than this is about Mister Rogers. But it's Look, about the effect these people have on people. That's a yeah, that's a cool I, angle I, for a movie. I I liked it because of that reason. It, it's yeah. kind of a standard kind of fun movie mm-hmm. outside of that, but I liked it because it's like I love things so much, and even though I may not love Bruce Springsteen or Mister Rogers as it's much still as other people, joyful I, to watch other. I people still love can. Things, I can yeah. still relate to that feeling of loving something and it making kind of a profound impact on your life, even though other people are like. It's just it's just Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> right? You know? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Cool. Mark, I'm glad you loved it so much. I think it's yeah. very good too. I think Chad is gonna love it. 
Um, it's a BP recommends, uh, as is Knives Out. Um, uh, but yeah, I just I just was very interested in it when I saw it. Um, as your number two, I was like, oh, holy shit, Mark like really vibed yeah. with this movie. My so, uh, my list is still very much in flux. Um, yeah, my I need to update I think mine. It, There's been like I think five it will stay that aren't on there yet. I think it will stay in my t- in my top ten for sure. Cool, awesome. All right, um, all right, my Chad. <laughs> Do your worst. <laughs> Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out! Here comes the Irishman. Not bad. It's I not thought bad. you were gonna be like, uh, do like Dropkick Murphys or something like that. Some uh, like uh, Irish jig. I, I feel like that wouldn't <laughs> have been as universal. Um, no. Uh, what's the what's the whose line is it anyway? Way uh, one, but um, like Irishman. That would have been okay. Tell us about the the Irishman. Well, tell us about Robert De Niro with blue eyes. Robert De Niro with blue eyes. Did they change his eyes? Oh, blue eyes is like yes, 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 yes. Okay, his eyes I noticed were like strangely striking. I didn't think. Yeah, I didn't think anything of it. Like it was a different color. Than it normally he is. was wearing contacts. Why? Yeah. Why did he? Because why did to be eye- Irish? Oh, to be Irish. is that a thing? Irish yeah, but, Irish people have blue eyes. That's like a thing. I mean, this this guy did, and uh, Irish people. Sure. I, I don't know. I, Robert honestly, De Niro's Italian. I don't know how to fucking do, like. I, I don't know. I did not notice, and have never associated blue eyes with Irish people. So. Same and same. I I noticed and his eyes were striking, but it wasn't like necessarily that they were another color. To me, I, I'm like, bad at noticing eye color. Like I just never it, really it, think about it. Uh, me too, except when it's hyper striking, mm-hmm. and typically that is blue eyes that stand out more. Yeah. Um, um, I, I did but it's notice... conjecture. I don't know why they did it. I'm assuming it's because the real guy had them. Yeah, but probably. like, um, but yeah, I will say that Daniel Craig's blue eyes in Knives Out. There are some. There were a couple scenes where I was like, I think his eyes are stabbing me. Forget about the knives. <laughs> isn't it in? I think it's the shot in Casino Royale when he comes out of the water in that kind of like speedo yep. thing. The, the, his, the reverse, uh, Mister Doctor No. Yes, his eyes are like because there's so much blue around him. I think that's the scene where I first noticed his eyes and was like, Jesus! <laughs> like, yeah, they're pretty They're pretty sharp. Um, the best um, but enough about eyes. Uh, Irish <laughs> yeah, man. Um, ah. Yeah, transition. Uh, it's very good. It's Long? Oh. It's, yeah, it's very long. <laughs> so it's not the movie Cody should ever watch, ever. You have watched Even it, though, I, right? did. Yeah, I did. I did. And I did. you liked it. I liked it well enough. Yeah. I think yeah, it, I, um, I have two takes about this movie. The first take Ooh. is pretty commonly had that, I, th- I think anyways, that the second half of the movie is miles ahead of the first half of the movie. Um, a big part of that is it's when the movie really gets to what Scorsese was trying to say and successfully saying just about like at the end of your life, like looking at all the choices you made and dealing with the consequences and yeah. i think de niro and pesci were perfectly cast for like their t- and uh uh fucking pacino pacino uh they were all cast perfectly like for those three guys at the end of their life they were not cast perfectly for the first half of the movie where they're very old men playing 40 at some point mm, no i i mean there is a shot where de niro is playing 25 which is insane uh, um yeah so i think the first half of the movie was like a little hard to get into mostly because it it was it was weird to like see de niro 
like his body just doesn't move like a young person and it was no, know, it's, it doesn't. It's, it's strange like uh it's strange that uh scorsese as a filmmaker was leaning on this like gemini man technology of like well not gemini man gemini man would have worked not gemini yeah. man yeah it would have worked better um, but but it's, it's weird that he was leaning so much on the technology instead of just like casting a younger guy um i think once i got well, past that in my head i was able to enjoy the movie way more and the ending is like incredible like if, if it had been more consistent throughout the rest of the movie it would have been the best movie of the year for me um interesting the um i don't know we we talk about this a lot effect stuff i have an easier time of buying it's, into it's not so much i i don't think like the face looking like fake isn't what did it for me it's more that he just is an old man like yeah but i but i think i understand the choice to keep it those same characters because you want to see the effect the choices like literally have on them and them aging through it like you want to see that happen to one person and kind of see the effects to them and i think it's a little harder when it's um Younger well, actor, like a different actor, written this movie forty years ago, and Richard Linklater and done the <laughs> Richard Linklater, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I uh, so so you were talking about the two halves things. Yes, yeah. I agree fundamentally that the second half is better, and mm-hmm. the second half ends up being what the movie is about, kind of similar to Wolf of Wall Street. You have the fun, and then you have the downfall. This movie, I don't um, think, has the same kind of fun that, like, Goodfellas ever had. I like, think, I think it... I It kind of feels... Like, to me, it feels joyless, like, throughout the entire... Like, him him at the top of his game, it was still very hard and very bad. Uh Sure, but I, I don't. I I find some of those scenes in the moment a bit more fun to watch. It's it's the second half is yes fundamentally better, but it was such a fucking dour downer thing that I just wasn't necessarily having fun mm. watching it. And yes, cinema's supposed to challenge you, and you're not supposed to have fun always. Like I do get that, which is why I'm saying I understand this. The second half is better, but there were. I was enjoying myself a lot more, if that makes sense, in the mm-hmm. first half. And the first half to, like, first two-thirds, I thought actually moved pretty fucking quick for yeah. somebody mm-hmm. who has a hard time with long movies. Really? And then that last being, stretch really for, was, for like, this being like so the, long. the longest commercial movie that's come out in however many years, it really moves. Like, you don't, yeah. you don't feel it other than just, like, I mean, I watched it on a plane, which I know I'd probably be hanged uh, for not having watched it on a on Who big cares? screen. <laughs> we all but, watched it at our yeah. house. Well, yeah. If you release it on Netflix, you can't be mad. Yeah, yeah. So I watched it on my iPad on a plane, which honestly, like the headphones I was using, is probably better sound quality than I could have gotten at my home. So, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. Um, uh, and also you so I was kind of held captive to, to, to the go movie. go walk around the house. What did you say? You also like can't get up and walk around the house when you're on a plane. Exactly. Like nothing is distracting. You. I was so I was held like kind of captive to the movie, and so it definitely moved for me. Um, but I did take a break to get food, and I wonder if that fucked me up a little. Mm-hmm. But who cares? Yeah, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> like whatever. Um, um, my other big take about the movie, I had to. Yeah, uh, sorry. The other big one is, I really wish that Martin Scorsese took the medium of 
like mini series TV shows seriously enough to like make this idea into one. Because I think I think it would have been an incredible mini series. I think it would have been like you know every Emmy award ever. It would have been. I mean, not that it's about that, but I think truly, I think this story lends itself better to a mini series than to a movie. And I think yeah, I got to the end of this movie and I didn't wish it was shorter. It's like the longest movie of the year. And I wished it was longer. I wish we could like delve more into his days, you know, hey, episodically hey, and take hey. breaks. But I, I, I wish the story were longer. Hey, watch the Sopranos. <laughs> they're not quite the same. They're, they're not but, quite yeah. the same. But but it, you're, like, you're not wrong the, that I should watch the Sopranos, though. There is a lot of the Sopranos where it's like, you know, I have all of these relationships, um, but I, it without spooling the sopranos a similar thing happens um where you know he has to do really bad things to people he cares about mm, and that right. like that haunts him which that sequence is like the peak of the movie Inc- i think and the consequences I, of that sequence are just where I think it really the, like, launches into like something special for me in the Irish. i think that like 25 minute or so long sequence Basically, from when he gets on the plane until mm-hmm. well, it's well, he, even he before that it. when he's in the the hotel like cafeteria with um, Joe Pesci, right before the plane. Yeah, that, that's, but, but everything is important for that sequence. Like from that moment. To yes, but, but I everything. think basically from him landing in wherever he lands mm-hmm. until he actually shoots um, Hoffa is one of my favorite sequences of the year. Yeah. I think it is so well done. It is such a like ramping tension thing. Mm-hmm. Imagine if that had been like the last 20 minutes of an episode of something. Sure. You know, no, like, it, it does it, feel like that, like that it crescendos in that kind of way. And then like, I mean, I mean, you imagine if it had been like a five part mini series, that would have been an episode four and then mm-hmm. five this is the fall of the be, aftermath. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Probably start. It's, probably uh, episode five starts with the phone call scene, um, right? Which yeah. was another just like god damn very scene. good. Um, it's it's yeah, I agree. I would have liked more of it in a mini series mm-hmm. format. Um, I I think it works well as a movie. It does. it really does. I like just... that comment isn't to say it's bad because it's a movie. No, it's a very very good movie. Right, um, but it also could have been a miniseries and we would have liked it even more. Yeah, I just I, I want to get to a point where television and film are taken seriously enough that like filmmakers and storytellers will choose the right medium for the right story and there won't be any snobbery about like uh you know, being Which one cinema, you're in. being not and right. I don't want to get into that conversation of, of Scorsese and what <laughs> cinema is, but um yeah, I just think both should be but, taken but very seriously. They're, they're, and like they're David Lynch is a filmmaker that takes both very seriously. Um, uh, not quite. But mm, he... I don't know what, what you, you mean. mean. I don't know. He... Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. I, I think he, that he He's takes just both. made some comments before it. Like, he doesn't make TV. He makes movies that are on TV. Like, I don't know. Um, I think that he doesn't take other... Are you saying that he doesn't take other TV seriously? He just takes his own TV seriously? Yes. Yes. yes, Well, yeah, but, like, the medium of, like, long-form storytelling is, like, what he takes seriously. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's people of a certain age, and then when people our age are making stuff, the distinction has not mattered for us ever. Yeah, and so I think it will continue yeah. to not. Um, because when be when David Lynch was making Twin Peaks originally, there was nothing. It's because like it they wouldn't fun. And they wouldn't like fund a movie. Yeah. Um, like, but also, that, like, that was his True Detective has a similar. It's like a, you know, one long story told over the course of a, you know, ten episodes. Mm-hmm, um, right. But like, Twin Peaks was one of the first things to really do that. Right. You guys um, ever think about how the current CEO of Disney is the one who like helped make Twin Peaks happen and it I don't know it fucks my brain up sometimes he he um, well he's the one that like really interfered with like season two though and like kind of made it suck, yeah right? <laughs> I think season two is good um I like all of it what? um what? but y- we, we got to talk off pot about <laughs> season two of Twin Peaks sometime I, I think it's all good I think it's all good I like all okay. of it it's not as good but I think it's all good I mean um, it, it's not that like, like I don't know if it was him specifically who interfered, but he was the one who put it on programming. I don't know the full story. I don't know. There's some, um, and this is getting in back into the Tony Collette from Knives Out thing, but there was some tweet with a screenshot of a, a part of his book that uh, where he was talking about Twin Peaks and like where he like he and David Lynch really clashed in the middle of season two and he started to like control things during the like slump that everyone considers. Oh, he, he was the one who said the mystery needed to be solved. That's that yeah. There, there I read is that. The, I read yeah. his book. Yeah, yeah. Um. That that is that is the thing that went uh fucky with it. Yeah. Because Lynch never wanted to solve it, which is the most fucking Lynch thing of all time. Right. And what annoys me about him sometimes. Um. Hey, we should talk about someone else who annoys me sometimes. All right. So let us talk about Kill Bill Volume One. Um. The first part of the Kill Bill <laughs> movies. Um, du- du- duology? Du- uh, duology 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 um but not even because it's one fucking movie Bi- anyway. biology <laughs> um it's a biology what um ha- had you boys seen this movie before so yes i have seen this movie before uh i've only seen volume one i've not seen volume two so i <laughs> motherfucker kind of i know the first half of a story and i don't know how it ends and it's been this um, way for like two years now uh when same I thing actually the exact same thing for me i, I watched this movie for the first time like a couple of years ago uh-huh. and then didn't watch the second one yep. and here i am That's still haven't so seen the second one I want to know why you guys watched the first one then. Was um, it like somebody showed it to you and was like, hey, we need to watch this? No, I just love Quentin Tarantino as a filmmaker and I wanted to watch. But uh, then not, w- why not Why not watch the second one? I just haven't gotten around to it. I don't know. It's, Interesting. It's so I, I, I just am kind of interested in why you guys only watched the first and never got around to the second because a lot of people, like the company line, I feel like a lot of times is that the first one is good. So I was wondering whether yeah. or not you had people be like, no, 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 we have to watch the first one. And then they showed it to you and you weren't that impressed. So you oh, just no, it's nothing like, like that. I love this movie. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, literally, I'm, I'm, I have so many movies that I have every intention on watching. I just finding the night to do it and then like when i saw volume one i knew like i wanted laura to see 
that movie and then i kind of want to watch volume two with her probably so i have all these weird rules in my head of like i can't watch it yet because i got to introduce laura to it then we gotta oh yeah yeah. so so stuff like that is in the way (laughs) Um, i I have a running list of movies over the course of the next year that i have to watch because olivia hadn't seen them yet or there's a new movie coming out and we need to rewatch them like so i i understand that um honestly every time you guys talk about that experience i'm like never getting married that sounds annoying <laughs> it makes watching things you want to watch so hard like watchmen yeah. is something i i really I've, I've sat at night with like the ipad i'm like about to sit down and watch something and i'm like ooh, i should watch watchmen finally but it's like mm. but laura does want to watch it i can't do it <laughs> um yeah it is a real problem so i just have to find like nerd ass shit that's not that good yep. to watch <laughs> without olivia so like Clone Wars, yeah, and stuff like that. Clone Wars, um, Ducktales, and Succession are my non-Laura right. shows right now. <laughs> and then Ducktales is very good as a Succession, but but um, I, I Olivia doesn't really give a shit about Ducktales either. Um, yeah. so yeah, Laura, I, Laura I, I thinks it's, it's cute, but I think she thinks it's weird that I watch it. <laughs> it's not um <laughs> so uh, yeah so i had seen wait, wait, wait. I, didn't, I didn't i didn't get to talk about why i didn't, why I didn't watch part two. Oh yeah um, why didn't you watch i part think two? that when i watched it the first time and i feel the same way kind of now it's like i i get the vibe like right yeah it's like fight scenes and stuff um which believe it or not the second feels like a much different vibe okay um, well i wish that someone it, had told me that um mm-hmm. yeah it, it there's no crazy 88 type fight scene in the second one yeah there's a mm-hmm. lot more fighting one-on-one but it's also a bit like slower and like i think that this this movie know. could definitely like use better. more like character moments which the second yeah. is full of um yeah which is exciting to hear i i i think that when i watched like this movie it's my fr- a frustration i have with this movie is that it doesn't have a great ending um but uh, at the same time it doesn't end with like a huge cliffhanger that makes you well, want to jump into the does. new one i mean it, it kind it, of does but like yeah, yeah it didn't I'm make gonna... me immediately turn on volume 2 when i first watched it <laughs> yeah. But, uh... yeah i wouldn't really call it a cliffhanger it's more of a like well here's we go next which i know is like the definition of a cliffhanger but it's, but, it's like, not cliffhangers like... feel it's not like a bit different. It's like you you're waiting for something to like it's like it ends with like her arm being cut off and you're like, "Wait, how is she going to come back from this?" It's like, "Nope, she like, you know, did one of the tasks that she had to do." And then the next one she's going to do some more of those tasks. Um yeah. but I got to wait for but it. But like but it uh the the big thing is like the revelation that her daughter is still alive. Yes. Oh, right, yeah. right. That so is there's, actually there's the a last huge shot. Reveal that is a like, cliffhanger. Oh my gosh, that's where is that going to go? It's huge, yeah. Yeah, that is a huge cliffhanger. But at the yeah, same time, it's mind. like... I forgot that that was the literal last moment. I, yeah. I also feel like I haven't spent... I don't know. I don't really care about that at this point. Um, not Because they haven't established the characters as well, which is what I... they do a lot. I don't I, know. I, feel I... Like, I, I think I disagree with that. I think like... This does as good a job as like John Wick does at just setting up like this like character who is just out for revenge because she was wronged. Uh, It sets up this like this 
like league of assassins that has its own rules and its own whatever, but it's sort of just there. It yeah. doesn't feel like it has to like explain the backstory. I don't know. I, I really like the world building and I like the I like Uma Thurman's character a lot. But um, I, I feel the same way I about mean, John Wick. We're at the end of John yep. Wick Two, and John Wick Two I don't think has like a great resolution. But I'm not like, oh man, I can't wait for John Wick Three now. It's like yep. it's like, oh cool, like I'll watch John Wick Three. It seems like more of the same, and I liked this. But I'm not like, yeah, which I think that's a good movie. I don't. I think like a good movie should, and like th- this is, I think the the weird thing about this movie is it is kind of half a movie. But I I think at the end of John Wick, the fact that you're not just, it's not just like setting up well it does yeah no and that's not a complaint i have about john wick but it's a complaint i I have about this movie which is half of a movie it doesn't give me any resolution but it also doesn't give me a ton of like oh man i can't wait well that goes back uh, that goes back to the fundamental idea of this podcast right Mm -hmm. so what you're saying chad about the john wick thing i think you're completely on base i think that comparison for this movie makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. it just sets up that they're out for revenge it's fun that sort of thing I would never call John Wick the best movie of the year it came out. And that mm. that's kind of where okay. I came back on this one is like, okay, I like a lot of it, but I remembered it being like transcendently good. And I like, like it and I like mm. a lot of pieces of it, but I, to talk about my history of watching it a little bit, I don't think I've ever watched this as one unit. I, there may have been like a day or two in between when I would watch the second one. Mm-hmm. I only think I've seen this. This might be my third time watching it. Um, but I either watch them like right after or like just a day space in between. So I've never looked at it as just one piece before. And I think similar to the Lord of the Rings movies, this is what I've realized. Like, even though those were meant to be separate, this right. never was. Yeah. Um, I, I think just as one piece, it like it just kind of ends because it's time to end. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I think if you're going to cut it into two halves, uh, mm-hmm. which they chose to do, this is like, a, it's a good like unit. It's like a good episodic unit. It's not like the beginning, middle, and end of filmmaking, but it is like, you know, like we're halfway there. She's like crossed off two names off the list because- the, it's a Tarantino movie and time is weird. They they start with right. the number two on the list, right. cross her off, and yeah. then they go back even further and do, do number one. So it's it's like the you know she's setting off on this journey. It's it, it, it functions. If this were like a pilot episode to a show, yeah. it would yeah. be oh, like yeah. the best pilot ever, right? Because it and does I think, set up volume two really well, and it, and it's a blast to watch in the meantime. Um, but so but if I we're talking about I, movies, this I mean like. I think the better comparison yeah. between movies and TV is like this is the end of season one, and right. oh like, sure, yeah. Now you have to wait for season two, and I'm like, okay, but like sometimes I just don't watch season two of shows because True. you know I join season one, but like I I can wait a little bit longer. I I think it's very interesting when you talked about the Irishman in this episode, which I didn't or we didn't plan it. Just Irishman came out. We didn't mm. try and tie them together, but. So imagine in Irishman, if you cut the half that was the quote-unquote fun mob part Mm -hmm. as one piece, and then the second piece is just the sad, like, fallout stuff. What sucks is I probably wouldn't watch part two, and part two is, like, what makes the Irishman so special. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that is similar 
to what happens with Kill Bill Volume 2. If you put them together, it would feel a bit more Irishman-like where it starts to slow down in its like second half. There's still fight scenes and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. think it's as slow as the Irishman is well, I, in its end. I don't even know if I agree that the second half of the Irishman is slow. No, I, sl- I think that like slower the, the, maybe, but slow slow is bad wording because I can't think of anything yeah. else. But it's, it's more, more it's more character driven and emotional. Um, exactly. Yeah, there's um, it it's it's less action, fun 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 stuff, and mm-hmm. that is kind of what I mean. There's plenty of action set pieces in Kill Bill Volume Two. I'm gonna be murdered by Tarantino stands, but it is just a little bit like they feel. They feel a little completely different because they're two pieces of one movie, and when they're split apart, I don't know how to explain it. But <laughs> um, it's it, it's just this one ends, and you're expecting like, oh, okay, so the next one will just be a fun action movie romp the whole time. I also think that if it had been the one movie, I don't think we would have had the revelation about her daughter at that point. It's hard to explain without seeing the second movie, but right. I think she would have just found out later in the movie. Like you would have found out when she found out. I think. Yeah, but um, then again, I don't think well, been, yeah, but the, I mean, if we're going to rearrange the Irishman, then we have to put some stuff from the second half into the first half as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, the presentation but, of the like story though is so like out of time that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know how Volume Two does it, but I imagine. The, something with the situational irony of she doesn't know, but they know that her daughter's still alive, and the audience knows. It, I would imagine you'd you'd play with that in some way if you're spending a whole movie knowing uh, something the character doesn't know. But it's know. been a while since I've seen it. I kind of don't know that it's de- dealt with until she sees her daughter. Gotcha. Um, but they do. Fl- so the second one, I God, I don't remember. I think it opens with a flashback to the wedding day that sh- gives you a lot more context to mm. that scene. Which um, good because that's a kind of confusing scene in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we haven't really like went through all the. Plot. Look, here's the plot, right? This this girl, yeah, sad shit happens to her. She's trying to get married, and everyone dies, including her husband and her unborn baby. And, we uh, can't and then know she decides to kill everyone that reason. did that, and she kills half of them. The end. Yeah, the end. She gets a sword, which is she Cody's favorite part of the movie. It's because a good part. I notoriously love swords. <laughs> it's Any a, movie that has a sword does get better and when, rings for me when she first uses it and like just cuts up another person's sword it rules it's a mm-hmm. lot of fun um so good swords good swords yes. are good um, and the whole so the what what is that character's name o- orin um oh what is her name lucy lou yeah uh i do believe it is i mean she's cotton mouth is her like Serpent yeah, name. her uh, her origin is another interesting chapter of this yes. movie. Anime. Yeah. Anime. Um, and it it's rules. Anime. It's very good. <laughs> That's it's one of the anime. things. If they had made this into a one movie movie, then that would have been cut out, which I think would have been a shame because I like that yeah. a lot. Does yeah, this, I thought it was cool. Does volume two have anything as like, I guess experimental is the right word, um, uh, as that anime sequence I don't remember. Yeah. I don't think so. Like halfway through the movie, there's like a stop motion Christmas special. No, there's, there may be another animated scene, but I don't Mm. think so. It's an awesome sequence. It's like very, like, cause it, it sets up Cottonmouth as like this, like legend and like, 
she's going to be the, mm-hmm. the big bad at yeah. the end. She's going to be tough. Yes. Her origin story told in that way is is a very cool choice. It's Yeah, it's really cool. And it's also hyper-violent, which is something that, like, I mm-hmm. knew this movie was violent because all of Tarantino's movies are violent. Yeah, it also but has the word kill in the title. It also has kill in it. I think I'm uh I think I'm over this type of violence. I I don't know. I just it's, I don't think I'm as into it anymore where it's like you cut off an arm and then it ble- they bleed and spurt well, out that's, blood for that's like very 30 much minutes. like a grindhouse thing and like that's it that's just right. the genre that this movie is. And oh, I, it's purposeful and Tarantino yeah. like wants that. Yeah, I he's just not, don't think I want He's not it going anymore. for realism. He's going for something right. else. I completely understand. That. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. don't think No, I I know I, you do. I know you do. I'm Right. I'm just I, like, I just don't <laughs> think I'm as into it anymore. Yeah. You know, well, that, that, yeah, that that's that's fine, Mark. I don't um, know that I ever was that into cut off a head and a fire hose <laughs> comes out of. Yeah, the I think it's great. Body. I would much rather it's, that happen than have someone cut off a head and it's like realistic because I don't like real heads being cut off. No, I don't want it <laughs> realistic. I want it. Okay. I want it. Star Wars and like, yeah. yep, no blood. Yeah, yeah. just cut away <laughs> from it. <laughs> like, yeah, cut away from it. Don't We're good. Blow I, just, on I, it. I think that like like this makes uh you know this is kind of Tom and Jerry esque where like you know yes. if you hurt mm-hmm. someone then like birds fly around their head and they're in the shape of an anvil or whatever. Um, it, right, it, right, it, it like right. makes the violence more cartoonish and more manageable. Right. And I, th- yeah, it's just the overtopness. I mean, I think that's, I mean, I think that's just something I've realized with me and Tarantino movies in general. I still think he's a very, very talented director. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has very certain influences he likes. Yeah. I don't necessarily care about those influences as much. Hmm. So it's a bit harder for me to like be on his same wavelength. And I think I just, a lot of Tarantino does a lot of cute shit that I just am like, all right. I, I just am <laughs> not as when I first saw it, it was like groundbreaking, but now I've seen a lot more movies and seen other people do stuff that are cute in ways that I like. Like for example, the, it, it, he does the chapter title things, right? Mm-hmm. And chapter one is called two. And it's like, Okay, we get fine. it. Um, <laughs> fine. See, I, fine. I do I like hilarious. That. It's I, fun. I do <laughs> like Ugh, the influences that he has. I mean, well, I haven't seen a lot of the influences that he has, but I, I like that he's using those influences. Um, right. I just, I, I like it better when he's using those influences and also telling a like emotionally rich and thematic right. story. Which, you right. know, this probably is when you play into the second part when of you, the movie. With second part. This one is just the fun stuff, kind and of. And that's, that's yeah. frustrating to me. Um, um, yeah, I, I think the problem with his references is they are a lot of things that people watched of a certain area to, in ways, kind of make fun of. I don't think... I, you don't think I, so? I know what you mean. But right. I, I think that... It's like B-movies is what I'm trying yes, to say. It, it was a lot of B-movies and C-movies, and the stuff hmm. I like is Spielberg, who is influenced by adventure serials. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I, I, I um, don't think that people that's watch B-movies to make fun of them or to laugh at I them. I think there are some people who are... There definitely are some people do. who do, but there there's a big uh, audience of people, Tarantino is one of them, who, like, who just love the, like camp of it in like a in a different way it's like i think that like, like it's it, expressive it's not self-serious it's yeah it's kind of silly and fun mm-hmm. 
as opposed to mm. like uh you know serious action war movies you know what i mean right sure and i think that is also something that i realized about myself like i like some camp elements of things Mm -hmm. um but full-on campy b movies are not my jam at all yeah Um, the the thing about b movies is that they're they were made like the term b movie comes from drive-ins where they would play one movie which is like you know the big blockbuster and then after that they would play another movie that was like you know campy and gory and i think the the right. idea behind that is like you know you come for like the real movie and then mm-hmm. at like midnight they start this b movie and you're like loopy right. and it's kind of like a come down from the the big epic it's like right. okay now for something a little bit more lighthearted, um let's chop off some arms and spray some blood around <laughs> right yeah. um so uh, chad kind of referenced this quickly um earlier but her name is bleeped out why yeah i don't know that <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean it, i was hoping you hey, knew her, because of volume two nope they reveal her name in volume two but it doesn't make sense why it's bleeped out yep. to me it has never made sense her name's beatrix wow spoilers. okay um, and so you know at the beginning when bill says like come on kiddo you think he's saying it as an affectionate term her last name is kiddo wow um, and that sucks oh that's kind of funny (laughs) that makes me mad see yeah chad i think you're on tarantino's wavelength a little bit more a lot of times than i tend to be because you love love once upon a time in hollywood and i'm just like "Eh, it's fine and once upon a time in hollywood so this is not (laughs) this is this is biased journalism it's like i I, met mickey mouse so i can't talk bad about him ever again right right. same thing i ran into quentin tarantino at a dvd store and um he recommended and he recommended a bad movie i haven't watched it yet but i did buy it um he recommended a b movie to you like uh he did uh cat people is the name of the movie I have not watched it. My wife had to for a college class, mm. and she fucking hated my, it. My so. plan is to pregame for Tom Hooper's Cats by watching Cat People. That's oh, amazing. Jesus Christ. And uh, I always have like that double feature, uh, sort of the reverse of the drive-in thing, where I get the, the B movie out of the way, and then I watch the A movie. See, I, um, I right. am... So I also really like Tarantino. I need to rewatch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because I feel like his movies work better... Uh, when you have watched it multiple times, not to see, I disagree guy. because this movie went down for me. Yeah. After watching it this time. But I, I think that what mm. is, what is cool about Tarantino movies is the way that like, you know, a lot of the driving action in his movie is caused by like random events. Um, right. Like in, in glorious bastards, you know, the plan is foiled, but it's, you know, it's accidentally successful. Um, right. Pulp Fiction is all about like you know accidentally, uh, you know, the plots are just driven by accidents and misunderstandings or not. Mis- right. not yeah, like when the gun goes off in the like, car and like yeah. the dude in the back. Him and it's a very '90s auteur thing. People who showed up in the '90s and continue to make mm-hmm. movies today because the Coens also yeah. love it's, that. Kind it's of a setup, very like know? kind of nihilistic outlook yes um which yes. which i which is where i I really sometimes. like that but this movie is not mm-hmm. that this movie is all like i'm gonna make a plan and execute it's that still plan. got the like some of those 
ideas are there, but they're they're like happy accidents almost. Like she yeah. right. she gets her car that she needs. Like she she's able to find it because of the ridiculous pussy wagon name on the. And uh, that's on that's the trunk. like almost my. Her, I think my my favorite like, I don't know. I she, I she's I able like, to sort of like will herself into walking yeah. again, and that's sort of like a happy accident. Like it's like kind well, of an that, inverse of that idea. That really isn't an accident as much as it's like her will is able to overcome all of the bad stuff that's happened to her. But which is the premise of these two yeah. movies is her just willing her way into yeah, um, which I but like I, a lot. I like the hospital scene a lot. Not there's a lot of stuff in the hospital <laughs> scene that I don't like. Um, yes. Yeah. But I want to talk I, about agreed. that and and what we were saying about violence earlier. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I I was just gonna say that I like that in that it's like you know she's kind of she it's not like she set up a plan to like go to the hospital and kill all these people. It's like she mm-hmm. wakes up there and has to kind of deal with those consequences, which I really like. As opposed to like right. the rest mm-hmm. of the movie is like she wants to get this samurai sword and fight all these people, yeah. and then she does. It's, it's really a movie about her reclaiming her own destiny and like sure. shitty yeah. things happen mm-hmm. to her and she is just like making the choice to overcome like like in, in the hospital like it's like she's been systematically raped over the course of like four years um, mm-hmm. and just immediately getting that immediate re- release of that like revenge there get she can't even walk but she's like choosing to get out of there and yeah. go on her own journey of her own larger revenge of who put her right. there. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it, that kind of stuff is, is cool mm-hmm. of the, like it is, she just is, you know, willing herself to get shit done. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, and she's got kind of like a chosen oneness about her where it's like, she can't die. She has to like yeah. complete her mission. Like she right. isn't gonna die. I um, don't understand how she survived the gun to the head. No. <laughs> she's got idea. like a steel plate in her head now, which is fun. I think it just grazed her, but it's like, yes. how would you not know? And how do you yeah. miss from that close? Yeah. I don't, it's a movie. Yeah. Who cares? It's, yeah, um, I, it, it's not like a, yeah, it doesn't like the logic of blah, blah, right, blah. Right, right. But, but you're right. Anything. It just, it kind of doesn't make any sense yeah. and you just kind of have to roll with Which it. Which is good. It's uh, been fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is one of Tarantino's few quote unquote modern movies, which is mm. something that I've, been wanting him to get back to um yeah. we'll see i doubt he does but i uh, i think it's kind of cool i honestly to see her, like use a cell phone <laughs> once upon a time in hollywood was close enough to that for me as long as we're getting out of like the old west and like right that world. yes we're we're, we're making strides i yeah. hope his next movie is modern mm-hmm. but he's so fascinated with the old shit that yeah. i think yeah. it won't be um, what if he just like comes but, out with one that's like swords and sandals and that's i'd be into movie. that It'd be interesting because it's different. I mean, Star Trek is the other potential. Yeah, which is um, if I that's his tenth and final movie, that's wild. I don't want to see I him agree. make a Star Trek movie. I hate to say yeah. it. Not that really? I like love Star Trek or I'm really defensive about Star Trek. I don't think they match together no, at all. I'm not but, at all. Um, well, it'd be different for both, and I think that that's a good thing. But I, I yeah. think because like, like I don't want the last thing I want is for someone to make a Star Trek movie and it's just like yeah that's awesome it's just like the old one and it's like 
I don't know. Why but did I we think need that, it then? I think that we can. Yeah, move, but there, I think we can take a step in that yes. direction, though. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I think I think there's a there's a difference between doing something unique and different within something, and then just radically just like. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, 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 I would I, love. Like, I don't think it works. To be I don't think it works. The Ryan Johnson of Star Trek. That'd be fun no. Th- too different. That's the thing. They're too conflicting. I, I think that like like Ryan Johnson kind of like used themes of Star Wars. Yes. In a new way, but like the the themes of like classic Star Trek is like diplomacy. Right. And literally no one has ever been diplomatic in any right. Tarantino movie. Yeah, I, I, I think like Tarantino would just be too Tarantino. Yeah, I it, it just wouldn't work. Uh, that is like yeah. there are people sometimes who pitch people to make Star Wars movies or Marvel movies. And it's like, no, just because you like a director yeah. doesn't mean it makes sense. I don't want to see and a I don't Tarantino, think Tarantino actually Marvel does. movie either. Look, no. I would watch um, a Tarantino superhero what's another, movie. I'd watch like yes. you know his version of Super Eight, not Super Eight. Right. Uh, uh, what's the James Gunn movie? Super. It's just called Super. Super. Um, yeah. I would watch uh, Super. Yeah. Um, but who's another director like that that is like critically beloved, but like like the I I don't know. I can't think of one. I don't know. Like because I was like, like when Nolan was allowed to make a Batman, it was like the best Batman ever. Oh oh, people are always like Wes Anderson make X Men, and it's like no, no. shut up. <laughs> Stop. Shut up. I, I'm throwing things at you. Shut up. I wouldn't mind him doing that if it had no connection to the MCU. Exactly. Like, if he yeah. were just able to make a standalone X-Men movie, I'd like that. Right. And it's, like, it, about some mutants at a school. Like, But it would be, I don't know. With the people who are brands upon themselves, I just don't know if it works. Because you just have... He, he was able to do, like, a Roald Dahl uh, adaptation, and it was really good. Because Royal Doll is close to what he does, yeah. like it's yeah. X Men is not anyway. Um, I I, um, I would like to see a Tarantino space movie, but I would not like to yes. see a Tarantino Star Trek yes, movie. Yes, yes, yes. That that is that is where I'm landing. I want him to go into the future. Yes. <laughs> like he's done the present, he's done the past. Go into the future. Yeah, that'd be fun. Make your space movie. Every auteur has their space movie. And Tarantino has got to at least be somewhat thinking about that. I think that like Tarantino is it likes to make the reason he works in the past is because he likes to like use these references like westerns right. and mm-hmm. like World War II movies. Um and I think so, that there are a lot of references but he, he can loves draw on would from you space. want yes he loves would you want Quentin Tarantino to do his like version of the Orville where it's very much like this is Star Trek yeah, but sure. it's like off-brand yeah. Star yeah, Trek absolutely I would like to yes. see that yeah I, I'm more on board with that Not than show. him making I think a I probably am I probably am too but yeah, I, I yeah. wouldn't it more wouldn't than a like, literal Star Trek where he has to have Kirk and Sulu and like uh, part of me wants him to deal the... with those characters though. Like I, no. I'm definitely not one who thinks like Tarantino doing a Star Trek would ruin Tarantino or Star Trek for me. That's someone who doesn't really care about Star Trek, but I think still. it would ruin Star Trek. I don't think it would ruin Tarantino because I think it would be overwhelming Tarantino. I mean, I am not, a, I'm not the biggest Star Trek fan. But I respect it, and I want Star Trek fans to get Star Trek movies. And I don't want Star Trek fans to get just any old movie set in the Star Trek universe. Right. Like, I I... I understand why Star Trek fans would be mad at J.J. Abrams' Star Trek movie, because it is 
<sighs> not a traditional a Star, Star Trek Wars movie. movie. It's good. <laughs> like, uh, I like it. It's good. I love those movies. But I understand I why the, the fans would be mad because it's not like... Yeah. I, I kind of am of the mindset that like fan outrage of like people taking franchises in a new direction... No, is like, I think you're. Uh, I think like, you're missing. But like, you already have those movies. Star Trek fans have hundreds and hundreds of hours of Star Trek media that they love. Why not try to do something bold and new? Do something bold and new. Tarantino doing Star Trek doesn't make sense. You have to have a little bit of marrying of director and style it, and story you're, he would just blow it up that's that that's not anything that's just edgelord shit like that's just nothing no it, it, he it, come on he's a he's a talented filmmaker who would not who just, would just do, make a tarantino not, movie but it's not just nothing that's a tarantino movie tarantino movies are very good it would it's, be a very it's, good it's, movie in the star trek universe i'm i know it, it's, it's 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 like no thinking it like is, there's there's these rules you have to follow for it to fit into a franchise i think that's limiting in a way that like no i i don't think there's rules i think that there are themes that there are themes yeah, and styles let tarantino and just, play with those themes but he wouldn't he would just make a tarantino movie Look, okay which it, is it, because he's movie. never not made a tarantino if, movie if tarantino, it's, it's, yeah, it's like, of course he hasn't not made if it. tarantino could make a movie that was about you know diplomacy and respecting cultures and <laughs> trying to and good race relations yeah um <laughs> but i think that, I, I, I think I, tarantino would be being... like let's chop off some arms and focus on whatever alien feet look like which I'm not I, yeah, necessarily uh, come in. on. That is a bad read of what Tarantino has been doing. No, I know, but, I know. but but Tarantino does have bad things, and that is what would fuck up Star Trek. Uh, the, the, here here is a serious argument, Chad. Star Trek is about like finding peaceful ways to get through situations without having to start huge wars or change other people's cultures. And yes. Tarantino movies are about how random events end make things kind of go crazy and, and are you not interested in how those two things can go together in interesting I ways? am interested I'm I super just don't am. I don't trust just Tarantino not in a Star Trek movie to combine those in a respectful way similar of like I don't uh, I don't know people man. it sounds awesome to me I also the, don't want a Tarantino Star Wars movie nope not even fucking close I mean the Star Wars universe is getting so big that you could just have it like it's far enough away from the Skywalker saga that it would be fun and good sure okay yeah but all okay then I would I'd be willing to watch a start a Tarantino Star Trek movie that does not involve the Federation (laughs) yeah which is again just making it's a space movie I mean it's it's it's, it's, it's the people it, it's the people pitching David Lynch for every franchise thing. It doesn't make sense. It, it, it doesn't. They are not interested truly in that kind of material. They are doing very specific things that don't work for what exists in these universes. Oh, but then Lynch made um, Dune. So. And by all accounts, it's a fucking disaster <laughs> and he fucking hated it. You know, like yeah. it just doesn't, it doesn't, no. I mean. Well, but Dune is also know. very mystical in a way that David Lynch is mystical. I also haven't finished Dune or watched the movie, so. <laughs> right. Um, or no much about David Lynch, so, so I, I just, I just think it's easy to Star pitch Trek your favorite. better than uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? I know, um, I know that I said Star Trek and not Kill Bill. That was to prove a point that we have gotten off topic. <laughs> we, but we weren't off topic because no, I think we were, we talking, were about talking about, about which is, with yeah. Tarantino and my 
somewhat struggles with Tarantino sometimes. I picked this movie. This was my pick. We didn't really <laughs> set that up at the beginning. Right. I picked it. Uh, this is a classic case of I couldn't find anything else in 2003, and Mark picked my pick. I I picked Mark's pick. Mark picked Cody's pick. And then at the end of this, Cody probably picked my pick. <laughs> Which is well, interesting. Well, look After at having that. rewatched Volume One, I I love this movie. Cody, I'm interested to hear. Looking back at this year, would you have picked something else, knowing what me and Chad picked? Uh, yeah, yeah. This movie really went down All in right. my estimation. C- can you can you tell me what you would, what mind. you would have picked instead? While me and Chad talk about how this is not better than School of Rock or Pirates of the Caribbean, even though we're comparing <laughs> to Pirates. Um, I mean, look, it's not. Um. I'm going to trot out my classic complaint of it's not a whole movie. Um, it absolutely mm-hmm. is not a whole movie. And like, like and then, even more, I think that two yeah. towers is more of a whole movie. Fellowship of the ring is way yes. more of a whole movie. Um, this is, <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> I'm about to tell you guys a movie I think is better than this. And you're going to be mad at me. Uh, go ahead. I don't know if I fully believe it, but my vote I is, I my do. vote is pirates. Okay. Uh, what's the movie that you would pick over Kill Bill? Well, no. Let's let's finish this out. My vote is also Pirates. Pirates was my pick. I fucking love yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean so much. <laughs> Chad, what's uh, yours? I'm I'm gonna give Kill Bill. It's hard for me, so I'm just gonna give wow. Kill Bill a, a vote. It's it's pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Um. That's but just... but because I don't want it to go unvoted for, I sure. love both of these movies a lot. Um. And Kill Bill's better than I remembered it being. Hmm. And I'm probably gonna watch Volume Two a little quicker now. <laughs> yeah. Because. I'm I'm really curious how it ends. Uh, what's the What's the movie, Cody? So I gave this four and a half stars, which I don't remember why because I I don't know because it is good. It just spit it. Out. I think it, I I think if I watched it one more time, it would go even less down. And the more I think about it, I don't necessarily love it. Uh, I may like Angley's Hulk better than this movie, um, <sighs> which is a movie I, I love. Two thousand three. Thank you. Um, I think I like Big Fish at times better than this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I fully sure. commit to that. I could get behind 2000- Big Fish. 2003 is kind of a rough year, is the God's honest truth. It kind of is. Because I'm looking at it, and I don't necessarily love... So Lost in Translation, some people would pick. I don't love it's, that movie. It's fine. Um, yeah. It's, I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, there's not a lot of years where I would have picked School of Rock as my favorite movie. Right. I mean, um, even looking on Letterboxd, which rates things by popularity, our picks are in the first two rows, and that is not always yeah. the case. So that's, that's no, the top eight. But like School of Rock being in the first two rows like shows you 2003. I, mean, I love School of Rock, but looking uh-huh. at the three movies we've talked about so far, it's probably the bottom three at this point. Like I was right. reminded how special Pirates of the Caribbean is. Um, yes. And I really, really like Kill Bill Volume 1. Um, and the fact that it's half a story, honestly... At the at this point in 2019, like when there's so many franchises and movies are being treated like TV more and more, um, it doesn't bother me at sure, all. It's sure, just like this I, is just a chapter of a story, and I can't wait to see the next chapter. If if you look, um, the, I, that's an interesting point because you're mm-hmm. right. The kind of episodic storytelling in movies is more more common now. I yeah. think that people have gotten better at it. Right. Yeah, people have. Like, Infinity War is a good example of a movie that is a full movie, but is also just a chapter of a larger story. Yeah. Right. Um, it's like a it's a w- weird story to tell because its beginning, middle, and end involve Thanos, the villain, going through, like, 
things to achieve his goals and the Avengers fail. Um, So that alone, if you made a movie that was just about a team of superheroes failing, that would be weird and bad probably. Right. But it being a chapter of a larger story is interesting and good. Yeah. Um, Right. Yeah. It's it's interesting uh, because in 2003, there were a lot of movies like this because Matrix Revolution came out this year, which is another like it's another example of a movie that came out knowing that a sequel is going to come out in like a year. I didn't didn't realize until they released the same year. Yeah. I didn't realize until like yesterday that they came out in the same year. And it's like March and December, which is fucking crazy. And Animatrix came out in the middle of that. The, the, the pirate sequel was the same way. Like pirates two and three are parts of the parts of the same story. Yeah. Yes. So I I think that like epic story, in the early 2000s, we were still figuring out how to do episodic movies. Um, yeah. Right. And like um, some people have really a- learned and then some people have not. Yeah. Like there have been disaster movies we've talked about before, like Amazing Spider-Man 2 that was so focused on setting up Amazing Spider-Man 3 mm-hmm. that it never became like its own movie. Um, yeah. And, like, I think there, that, there's I think cases that, like that all over where it's Lord like they're the so Rings. confident they're going to get that sequel that they don't yeah. even bother making a good movie. <laughs> Lord of the Rings kind of set a precedent of like you can shoot a bunch of movies at the same time and release them episodically. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But yep. I think the lesson that people happened. forgot to take was that um, they're like Lord of the Rings had a precedent of its three books. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, people know about material. it in those mm-hmm. three sections. And right. the mummy did a bad job explaining that it was going to be part of a l- larger universe. I think, I think probably a lot of casual viewers who aren't insane like us didn't know it would be like a dark universe. Well, the mummy uh, was also bad at being a movie. Being a movie. Um, yes. It, it, it made the mistake of, I, I like the mummy and I'm no, not going to apologize it's, it's, for it. It's fun. It's problem is that it is an action movie and not a horror movie, even a little bit. Yeah, and if you're gonna do Universal monsters, you gotta play into the mm-hmm. horror, like maybe a little it's also bit. Just not For an sure, action movie. Um, the the other movies that w- would maybe have been in contention for picking in retrospect, Mystic River, which is a Clint Eastwood movie that I really, really like. That's kind of like a true crime thing. Uh, and then Old Boy. And I thought about doing Old Boy, but it's been a while since I've seen it, and it is a very dour revenge movie. It's not as fun of a revenge movie as this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Old Boy's really fucking good if you guys haven't um, seen it. Also, like, if we're just talking about good movies from this year, um, Finding Nemo, of course. Yeah. Um, well, we're covering that one. <laughs> That's why we. Of course. Can, uh, of course. Like, yeah, um, we're covering. But then that also one. something got to give. Something's got to give. I like. Um, uh, yeah, good movie. It's another movie good about a, a cynical old man being brought over to see love and shit. But this is the year of like Too Fast, Too Furious, Daredevil, uh, The Cat in the Hat. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, it's a rough. It's a, the Italian job. Year. League of Extraordinary I Gentlemen. I used to love the Italian job. <laughs> hey, look, I, Italian job is good. Is the thing. Here's the thing. It's fun. Well, we voted. Yeah, um, yep. yeah we voted. We should wrap up. Yep. Hey, Mark, where can they find? Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, same place as usual. Wellington Mark, cross-platform. It's Insta. Uh, Twitter. You can find Twitter me Mark. at Chad A. Oliver cross-platform, except TikTok. It's something else, and I don't know how to change it, and I don't know what it is, and I don't really post on TikTok that much. Um... I almost have 10,000 views on video. Anyway, you can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find me at Cody Lunsford on Letterboxd. 
Um, you can find the show at We Pick Picks um, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's where you can find us. One more thing about 2003 it's when the Haunted Mansion film came out. <laughs> so, uh, which we talked about on the Pirates of the Caribbean episode. Um, all right, I think that is it for us. Mark, what is the best movie of 2003? Pirates of the Caribbean or Caribbean. I don't. It's hard to say. What's full title? Uh, full title? Curse of the Black Pearl. Chad, what is your favorite movie of two? I'm sorry, not your favorite, uh, the best movie of 2003. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Goody, what's the best movie of 2003? Without a doubt, it is Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Remember, that really was a Hatoro Hanza. I fucked it up. <laughs> that really was a Hatori Hanzo sword. Next week, we're covering the Academy's pick for 2003, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Um, It's got about as many endings as the title has the word the. Um, It is not streaming anywhere for free, but you can rent it on iTunes or uh, Amazon. You can also... um, you can ask like your nerd friend to borrow their copy um, if you don't have it, but they're probably going to have the extended editions, which are not the ones we're covering, uh, because it is actually a full hour longer than the theatrical version, and, well, we just don't have the time. So, uh, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, we'll be talking about it next week. <laughs>